0: Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3.
1: Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. Together with Willie King, it is time now for The Bigger Picture. Willie, let's get into it. The US reacts to what England did. Tell us more. Yeah, so you can see how US stocks have actually staged a rebound after the Bank of England tried to intervene in the local bond market. So we see the Dow closed up more than 500 points and it broke six a six-day losing streak. Uh, so you have um, consumer stocks, energy and of course, at the same time, home builders, retailers all led the broader market higher. And on top of that, what followed was Asian markets open higher. So, that's something which uh, followed suit in the markets this morning. We also see global currencies sold off, including the sterling, euro. And then in Asia, we have the Japanese yen and the Chinese yuan also getting sold off. So, this is still some form of volatility in the market. And with me, I have Sunny Hamid, Director for Wealth Management of Financial Alliance, to come onto the show with us to share more about the markets today hey good morning sunny good morning hey hello um yeah so maybe let's just talk a bit about you know when we are seeing all the markets having a broad-based sell-off, I think what's sort of little talk about is Asian currency sold off. So you have the Japanese yen, Chinese yuan selling off. What do you think is your views of the Asian currencies today versus back in 1997? Do you think that, you know, it mirrors what today is like mirrors what it was in the late 1990s?
0: Well, I think it's uh, kind of different. Um, in 97, what we had was basically we had a... A lot of, uh, especially here in Southeast Asia, uh, countries like Thailand, um, Indonesia, they were actually, um, for for lack of a better word, manipulating the currencies by keeping them quite competitive within certain bands or certain ranges. Mm, And and therefore, that created current account imbalances Mm. in the balance of payment. Well, today what we're seeing is we're seeing broad-based U.S. dollar strength um, and that's really driving the, the weakness, and not only on Asia, but everywhere, including the euro and, and, and other currencies across the globe.
1: Mm. So when we are talking about intervening in the currency market, do you think that Asian countries have enough foreign exchange reserves to support their currencies?
0: Um, by and large, um, reserves have increased throughout the years for Asian countries, um, except that basically um, it's limited. Um, We've seen some decline in certain countries with respect to reserves. We've seen some countries dispose of their U.S. Treasury holdings in order to get Mm. hold of U.S. dollars. Um, so, so there are some signs that uh, the intervention is taking place, um, but by and large, um, co- a continuous intervention, I don't think that is sustainable for many Asian countries.
1: Yep. So, when we are talking about intervening the markets, uh, using foreign exchange reserves is actually one way to yeah. go about it. What other measures do central banks can do to support their currencies
0: well, very, very much like what the, uh, the British, uh, the BOE is doing, they're speaking actually directly to either financial institutions to not short the currency, the mm-hmm. British pound. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be instances where, I think I remember in 97, uh, where governments were speaking to basically exporters who, who, who had basically mm. uh, a lot of uh, money or, or cash or any, any institution basically, not to convert it uh, to dollars. Um, um, in that if they need to do so because that would actually mean selling off the local currency. So there are many ways of doing it um, either directly through the market or indirectly through, through speaking to some of these uh, uh, institutions.
1: Mm, okay, so moving away from currencies and coming back into central banks, you know, with all the aggressive ramping of interest rates to fight inflation, when do you think the Fed will pivot? and um, Do you think it's too early to tell? early
0: to turn. I think um, the market has been proven wrong to a certain extent. The Fed, mm-hmm. initially, market expectation was um, early next year for the Fed to pivot. Mm. The Fed has come up to, to put its foot down to say, no, we won't. In fact, we will probably keep rates um, um, where they are once they plateau uh, for the whole of 2023. So the market's betting that slower growth will force the Fed to pivot but the Fed is saying, no, inflation is my main priority and I'm going to keep rates high uh, or at least I'm going to keep rates steady when it reaches a terminal point in 2023. Right now, I'm I, I I I'm leaning a little bit more towards the Fed because I think they've they've told us and they've shown us that inflation is of a priority to them.
1: Mm, I think that's what the ECB is also following. suit. So, I mean, if you look at next month, they are also trying to hike um, rates by another 75 basis points. So, you know, that could actually spell um, some volatility in the market. So, moving on, right, going down from macro, and let's shift gears a bit. So, we have seen how the Dow and markets have saw a broad-based sell-off and we have seen, you know, quality blue chips hitting new lows. Do you <coughs> think right now, Sunny, is to buy the debt? if you if you look at the macro side of
0: things um it's set to deteriorate further um, earlier mm-hmm. on you mentioned about um, an interview that stan dr miller had and i think i'm totally in total agreement with it um you see the the, the massive rate hikes that we've seen this year not only by the fed but many central banks in the world um, all those rate hikes will start to hit the real economy next year because interest rate hikes take about to three quarters to make its way into the real economy. So mm. the, the impact will be next year. Mm. Uh, we're also talking about um, major engines of growth slowing down next year consumers who have been hit by high energy prices, uh, corporations who have been hit not only by high energy prices, but also high wages, margins are declining. Mm. So what we're going to have is we're going to have um, all these so-called engines of growth slowing down uh, without much so-called uh, uh, power to, to to power the economy next year. Um, and I think that's really the, the, the point where um, the markets may, may start to uh, adjust for lower earnings overall.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also very interesting to see and monitor the corporate earnings, which are coming out in October. So, Sunny, amongst all these bearish tones here, which we have discussed, any bright spots for the market for investors?
0: Well, at this particular point, um, the we've seen market rebound very sharply overnight because of what the BoE did, I and mean, I think that's really uh, an indication of of a market which has been oversold. And mm-hmm. when we look in, in under the hood. Uh, we've seen across the board uh, 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 indicators showing us people have been extremely short on the market. People have been extremely on one side of the boat, so to say, uh, in terms of their bearishness. So these kind of of situation really um, uh, causes this kind of very sharp rebounds, uh, and those are, are brief opportunities. But if you and, and we call them secondary cycles. Mm. But if you look at the primary cycle, which is driven by fundamentals. Um, then that cycle is pretty clear, which I think is still pointing to the downside. Um, so I would say uh, this is a period where investors um, should try to protect capital, should stay defensive, um, and not losing money is actually, in my view, making money.
1: Mm, so protecting your capital and staying defensive are the key words for this interview. Thank you so much, Sunny. Um We <laughs> Thank have you for having me. Sunny Hamid, Director for Wealth Management of Financial Alliance. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you.